Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Um, so in 2023, December, you said you didn't have any receipts. I do not have any receipts. I did not have any receipts. But you did travel with Miss Willis in 2023, correct? I did. And you traveled with her in 2022, correct? I did. And you traveled with her in 2021, correct? No. So you only traveled with her in 2022 and 2023? 2022 and 2023 is what I recall. That's what you recall? Yes. Okay. Um, so you just don't remember if you traveled with her in 2021? 2022 and 2023 is what I recall. Is what you recall. My question is, did you travel with her in 2021? I'm not recalling any travel in 2021. So it's not yes or no, you just don't remember? I'm not recalling any travel in 2021. So you did not travel with her in 2021? Your Honor. This has been covered. Let's keep going. Thank you. I'll tell you what's been covered. The fact that Fonnie Willis and this guy, uh, Mr. Wade, this relationship started years earlier than the initial claim. He was clearly hired because he was the lover. I just use, I love using the word lover. This guy, he figured his own marriage was over in 2015, so he had no problem shacking up with a Fulton County DA, Fonnie Willis. And Fonnie Willis had no problem with hiring her man, no way, I'm sorry, her lover, to prosecute Donald Trump, along with a host of others utilizing RICO, racketeering laws, as the basis, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's not your radio, it's, it's my cold. It's right now just in the throat because honestly, wh- what, what does it matter if you have a voice if you do radio? I ask you. This relationship, these stories, payments, oh, this is ugly. Ugly. And one has to assume, Fonnie Willis does not have long for this job and that this whole case is going to have to kind of start fresh. When I ask you personal, you take that to me Yes. And do you understand it, that their relationship began in 2019 and continued until the last time you spoke with them? Yes. So, there it is. There it is. When I asked you personal, do you mean romantic? Yes. And do you understand that their relationship began in 2019 and continued until the last time you spoke with her? Yes. That's a, that's a witness. They really picked some winners to go after Trump. I'll tell you what. You want to make an accusation? You want to make a claim? You want to say Trump did X, Y, or Z? You want to go after him? I'm not here to stop you. But the people that you do this, that that you put in charge to do this, does anybody ever check them? You didn't know that in Fulton County, Fonnie Willis was a big, hot mess? That's, that's precious. Precious. Oh, yeah. 
I cannot wait to see how this totally falls apart. That isn't the story I wanted to start with, but it is so much right now because all this is happening today and, and the clips are coming out and it's just oh, just a big hot mess. I wanted to get into the threat. Of course, we talked about it yesterday. This threat that uh, Mike Turner, who chairs the House Intel Committee, puts out on X, quote, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. You want to talk about getting people riled up? That is going to get people riled up. Of course it is. What in the world are you possibly talking about here? Well, there's a couple of things that they could be discussing. One of the things they could be discussing is the idea of Russia weaponizing space, which is not so much a threat of tomorrow, it is a threat of the future. But you go back to them putting into space the ability to destroy their own spy satellites. They uh, utilized a what's known as a hit-to-kill anti-satellite missile in 2021. They blew up one of their own defunct spy satellites that was originally launched in 82. And it broke up into over a thousand pieces of debris. And people in countries around the world were like, what, what is this? We've got rules about this. What do you think you're doing? So if there is now some kind of enhanced capacity and capability by the Russians to utilize space as a weaponized place, well, that is certainly a national security threat. Just like it's a national security threat when China announces they've uh, deployed a rover, landed a rover on the dark side of the moon, and people go, ooh, the dark side of the moon. You mean you're trying to engage some level of understanding of the poles of of the moon in order to populate it, in order to be able to have a base there, in order to be able to conduct activities from there? For what for what other reason are you landing on the dark side of the moon? There is no other purpose to this. There's only one. There's only one purpose. So it could be this. It could be this idea of uh, trying to weaponize space. That's a threat. That has to be addressed. Then there's the idea of Russia preparing for war. That Russia believes they'll have to take on NATO and actually is wanting to take on NATO, adding more troops near Estonia. Now, this is easier stuff to see. The satellite imagery would show you uh, these things. And regardless of what Tucker Carlson says, of course, Russia has expansionist views and desires. Putin definitely does. This is not a debate. I also don't care what the man has to say about supermarkets. We'll get to that story. It's it's nutty. So these could be the threats. It could be 
that these are known things. They have been known things. And this was, if you will, leaked by Mike Turner as a way of trying to influence the House of Representatives to vote for aid for Ukraine. That is possible. And certainly, people have been talking about it. Sources that I checked with say that it's more than possible uh, and certainly probable, right? Something being probable is different than something being possible. Um, to, to put out a statement like this to try and force the hand of the House is pretty despicable. Pretty gross. And as the House has said, as Speaker Johnson has said, we are going to fund the border first. And I think they should. The argument is not one or the other, at least in my view. I do believe the argument that we can and should do both. But in a world where things must be ranked, it isn't equal. And we should say so. It is clearly more important for us to tend to our southern border at some level than to send a check to Vladimir, to not, to, to Vladimir Zelensky. Sorry. It is. If we have terrorist cells pouring across the border right now, You have single, able-bodied Chinese men coming across the border. I would never have allowed a single, able-bodied Chinese man to come across the border. You don't know who's with the CCP. The CCP is the enemy of all humanity. The answer is you go back. Goodbye. Don't care about your claim. No single, able-bodied men allowed. Are we now going to get to the place where we have cells in the United States just engaging in terrorist attacks. Oh, well, that's life now. And the same people telling us that the Second Amendment is the problem and what caused the shooting in Kansas City during the Super Bowl parade, that's the same problem with that we have regarding these terrorists. No, 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 you, you silly little creatures. The Second Amendment is to protect us from the terrorists. What happened at the Super Bowl? Well, that's something we'd like to know about. Where's the information? We actually have uh, updates. Uh, Scott Parks is scheduled to be with us, radio host in Kansas City. We will get to him in a little bit. I rank these things. I rank these things, and it is clear to me clear to me that the border comes first and I think it's clear to Americans that the border comes first if if you had more construction of the wall which is really a fence if you deployed more technology drone technology etc to be able to see when people are crossing the border and if you engaged policy that dealt with the labor needs from people coming across the border people that are needed by farms all around, don't deny reality. You would, after you deal with that, you'd probably have more people saying, okay, if you want to now go fund Ukraine, go ahead. Certainly there are people who disagree. I think they're wrong. I think they've got a a 
pretty, you know, uh, poor view of the situation, of what it is that Vladimir Putin is all about, what the desire of taking Ukraine really is, and whether this would even go to whether or not NATO has a value uh, in total. And the answer is yes, it does. So is Mike Turner trying to put his thumb on the scale? It does look that way. As for what Russia is doing, whether it be in space or whether it be Estonia, it's worthy to know. But it seems that the threat conversation isn't the threat of today or tomorrow. Is it a threat? Well, everything Putin does is a threat. Putin doesn't want to see you do well. Putin wants to see you ended. I mean, who doesn't know that? I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. You said in the affidavit that you roughly shared travel, though, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So this roughly sharing travel, you're saying she reimbursed you? She did. And where did you deposit the money she reimbursed you? It was cash. She didn't, she didn't give me any checks. Holy crap. This, this is, it could not be scripted better at all. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. The relationship between the, di- the the district attorney of Fulton County, Fonnie Willis, and her lover, um, uh, uh, Wade. This is out of control. Her relationship with Nathan Wade involves, first of all, goes back much further. Then was known, according to friends, goes back to 2019, even though he was still married. Although he thinks his relationship ended in 2015. They were married till, I think, 2022. Fonnie Willis is the DA in Fulton County, bringing the charges against Trump and a host of others, utilizing RICO, racketeering charges, having her lover, Nathan Wade, be the prosecutor, paying him more than she was willing to pay other people. He's now on the stand having to answer questions. And the question was, did you go on vacation together? He says, yes. Did you share charges? Yes. Did she pay you back? Yes. With cash? All I needed. Um, you said in the affidavit that you roughly shared travel, though, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So this roughly sharing travel, you're saying she reimbursed you? She did. And where did you deposit the money she reimbursed you? It was cash. She didn't She didn't give me any checks. So she paid you cash for her share of all these vacations? Mr. Schaefer, you'll step out if you do that again. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And so all of the vacations that she took, she paid you cash for? Yes, ma'am. And you purchased all of these vacations on your business credit card, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And you included those in deductions on your taxes, correct? No, ma'am. No, you did not. All I need. Oh, 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 um, oh, okay, hold on. Wait. You said in the affidavit that you... All right. 
So let me follow it perfectly. They went on vacations. Now, he claims that he doesn't remember any travel with her in 2021. He only remembers travel in 2022 and 2023. Uh, he might he might be lying there. Uh, it's, it's certainly possible. But they went on vacation. He paid for the vacations on his business credit card. He then got reimbursed in cash, but he wrote off the entire trip on his taxes, to which he says, no, he didn't. Well, that's going to be pretty easy to figure out. That one might be pretty easy. And so far, he has submitted only one receipt of evidence for a replacement claim. This, according to Jonathan Turley. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but I have a series of questions here. Including, of course, the big one. The relationship between Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade is not one that would, in terms of a sexual relationship, that would cause them to be disbarred, to lose their ability to practice law. But if they were involved in paying him a certain amount of money above what a going rate would be, and that somehow some of that money was given back to her. Well, that would be a problem. If this shared arrangement about vacations was I pay you this and it benefits me in this way and we claim I pay you back with cash and we have no receipt of it. I mean, we're, we're into money laundering at that moment, aren't we? We've watched enough episodes of The Sopranos to figure this one out by ourselves. We don't have, you and I have zero legal training. Zero. Just a couple guys on the bar stool. We've all got this figured out, right? This is what happened. I'll pay you. We do this. It's all on the, on the taxpayer's dime. <laughs> what, a, what a great scam. And if anybody should question it, have an issue with it, talk about it, well, we'll just claim that they're a racist. They just, they just don't like it because we're black. That's... Oh, that's right. She already did this. She already said that. That is something else. And now, the question is going to be who takes over this case? Is the case now gone or is the case delayed? It can't be gone. You already have people who pled guilty to a bunch of nonsense charges. But this, this is some real corruption. This is some real corruption. And I'm I'm calling it money laundering. That's what it looks like to me based on hearing it for the first time. The legal eagles, they may have another point of view on this. But this is something. And and for the people on the left who are thrilled with these charges, are you are you bothered by what Fonnie Willis has done here? based on what you know so far. Do you agree that even if you think the charges should continue and, and, and that those trials should continue, that Fonnie Willis certainly shouldn't be the person? Or do you not care as long as she's gone after Trump? Ask yourself where your moral compass is. Meanwhile, there was a shooting at the Super Bowl parade in Kansas City. Scott Parks has the latest. It's coming up next. 
was a shooting at a Super Bowl parade. This taking place as the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers. Back-to-back Super Bowls for them. And they have, like every city would have, the parade. And from that parade, there is a shooting that kills one, injures many others. There is someone credited as the hero for tackling this shooter, but we don't seem to know much about why the shooting took place to begin with. And the question, of course, is why don't we know? What is the latest on the situation? Scott Parks joins us. He is the host of the Dana and Parks show on KMBZ uh, in Kansas City. And it's it's good to have you here. Uh, give us, uh, first of all, the, the, the overview, the latest of, of what has happened as if people are just first tuning into this story. Uh, Tony, thank you for having me. Um, and good morning. Um, I guess probably the best way to do it would just be to go through the numbers. Uh Sadly, one person died. Uh, there are several more, as many as seven perhaps, in critical condition, uh, several with life-threatening injuries, um, and obviously we pray for them. Three people in custody, 21 others shot and wounded. Um, to answer your question about a motive, and not that it matters, I guess, um, there's, there's no justification for what happened in what I consider the greatest city in America. Um, it was not terrorism. It was not extremism. And there may have been actually two shooting locations. There may have been two shootings. Um, One on the street in front of Union Station and one perhaps in the parking garage. We're still, I mean, this is a fluid situation. You know that, how these things work. And so we'll probably learn more today. Uh, But the thinking is at the moment that there were two separate shootings, 21 people injured, one dead. So when you talk about two separate shootings, Scott, are we talking about in two separate areas or were there two shooters? Uh, both. Um, to, to put this geographically, and I, I understand that I'm, I'm talking to folks in Indianapolis who probably have not been to Kansas City. Uh, Union Station is our big, it's a train station just south of downtown. It's a gigantic building that they refurbished about 25 years ago. And it is sort of the, the, the mecca, if you will. And, and, and we've been very fortunate in this town over the last 10, 11 years. We've had an MLS championship, uh, a World Series championship, and three Super Bowls. And so this has kind of become the go-to place where people in this city gather and the teams come out and, you know, Travis Kelsey comes out and butchers a Garth Brooks song yesterday. And uh, the, the innocence of that and – as I was watching it, I was like, oh, my God, And um, he's making an idiot out of himself. And um, if I only knew what was coming up in 20 minutes from that point, uh, I would have never believed it. But Union Station, uh, there is at least one shooting that occurred out front of Union Station. There's a road that runs in front of it called Pershing Road. And there was at least one shooting out there, and we believe there's a parking garage just to the west of Union Station, probably about 300 yards from Pershing Road, where there may have been a second shooting that occurred yesterday. Talking to Scott Parks of the Dana and Parks Show, heard on 98.1 FM KMBZ in Kansas City. Uh, it, it is not unknown in when there are these kinds of sports uh, celebrations 
to see people get out of control. This, of course, is different. You're bringing up the possibility uh, of a second shooting as well. When it comes to the security measures that are in place, what do you hear from local law enforcement uh, about what they have uh, set up, uh, their coordination with state and any federal uh, coordination? And do they feel that their systems were in place or do they feel that there were any failures or gaps? We're not going to know that just yet. There were, there were 850 uh, police officers on the scene yesterday. That includes Kansas City, Missouri, uh, Kansas City, Kansas, all the surrounding communities like Leavenworth had police officers there. Lawrence had police officers there. Um, so there were 850 police officers from throughout the entire metropolitan area. There was FBI. There was Homeland Security. There were snipers on every big building that surrounds Union Station. I don't know that security could have been tighter unless you had introduced um, metal detectors and, you know, trying to funnel a million people through metal detectors would have been impossible. And so I, I don't know how they could have improved security. Obviously, there's going to be some Monday morning quarterbacking. Uh, we're, we're not there yet. I mean, we're, we're, we're still trying to figure out, you know, who did this? Why did they do it? Who's hurt? Um, and we're, we're weeks away from figuring out, you know, maybe months away from figuring out how, how do we make it better? How do, how do we improve it? But I will say this very quickly, if I could, Tony. I think what happened yesterday in this city, as tragic as it is, is going to change the way that we do, not just we in Kansas City, and maybe we'll get another Super Bowl win next year. Who knows? Uh, God willing, but um, it's going to change the way that we do celebratory parades in America, uh, because what happened yesterday is inexcusable. Um, it, it was a day of celebration. It, it was it was a great day. It was it was one of the most perfect days in Kansas City. Cloudless sky, 60 degrees, a million people downtown, everybody having the time of their life, more confetti than you can throw a stick at. And then a couple of morons with guns went ahead and ruined everything for everybody. One of the conversations that is out there was that this was, and it's been reported in multiple places, that this was a dispute between two people. Has there been, uh, an, in not necessarily official reporting, but unofficial, you have people, uh, uh, you know, it's Game of Thrones, the birds talk to you, uh, your little birds. Has anybody discussed what this dispute could have been? Uh, was it um, a business dispute, sexual uh, lover's dispute, gang dispute? Has any of that conversation come up? At one of the shootings, uh, one of the potentially two, we did have somebody on the air yesterday who called in and said, I was right there when it started. And he claimed that there were two men, probably in their 20s, who approached a group of about five teenage boys. And there was some sort of argument. It, he was under the impression that the seven of them knew each other. And the five teenage boys started to walk away, he claims. One turned back around with his backpack and didn't even pull the gun out of his backpack just fired his gun through the backpack and shot one of the two men. They returned fire. You know, obviously everybody's shooting at each other. And then 21 people, 22 people, actually, uh, if you count the deceased, um, 22 people were shot. 
talking to Scott Parks, radio host on KMBZ Radio in Kansas City, host of the Dana and Parks show. Uh, that person who was killed, Lisa Lopez Galvin. Um, you know, I'm a, I, do, I do radio in Indianapolis and, and across the state of Indiana, weekends uh, across the country with a series of, of different shows. I don't know everybody who does radio in my city, but I know a couple of names. The name of, of Lisa Lopez Galvin. This was uh, a 43-year-old, um, was there at the parade with her kids. What do we know uh, about her and what is the response from Kansas City? Uh, she was from a city called Shawnee, which is a western suburb of Kansas City. In fact, uh, I live in Shawnee, and I'm calling you from here. Uh, she was not a neighbor, but she lived nearby. Uh, she was a radio disc jockey on a public access radio station called KKFI. Uh, she hosted an Hispanic radio show on Tuesday afternoons. She was a mother of two, uh, a wife, uh, dearly loved by the people that obviously knew her, uh, well-respected in our industry, um, and just went to the, I mean, like a million other people yesterday, you know, woke up and wanted to go see the chief and wanted to see Travis Kelsey butcher a Garth Brooks song and wanted to see Patrick Mahomes and everybody else and maybe see Taylor Swift, who knows? Um, and by the way, can I, can I just touch on that very quickly, if I may? Not you to make feel free. Taylor Swift. But thank, I, I thank God she was not there yesterday. Not because of, of what happened, but because of the, the crowd she would have attracted. We had a million people downtown yesterday, and the estimate was if, if word got out that Taylor Swift was going to be there and word got out early that she had already left for Australia, um, if Taylor Swift was going to be there, they were estimating the crowd at maybe 2 million people. And... Um, because of who she is and how big she is. Um, and I just, I thank God she wasn't there yesterday because I can only imagine it would have been worse. So now this, this leads us to uh, what, what is next uh, for the, the city. The investigations are, are going on. Is, has local law enforcement been uh, forthcoming with information or are they keeping this close uh, to the vest? Not because they might not know things, but because they don't want to share things. Which way is it going right now? I think, I think they've been as open as they can. Um, yesterday, uh, I, I thought they I thought they did an excellent job of communicating to the public in regards to what was going on, where are we now, uh, what is the situation. I mean, there, were, there was a news conference at four fifteen, and then they held a news conference at five o'clock. Uh, they had two news conferences. The police department did within forty five minutes of itself, uh, and I, I, I think they've been as transparent as they can be understanding the situation. We have at least three people in custody. I've heard, uh, and this is unconfirmed, I've heard rumors of as many as eight people in custody. Um, I I anticipate that there will be charges today. I'd be shocked if there weren't. But um, no, I think think law enforcement, and and if if I may tell you just very quickly, Anytime there's a, a shooting, and I've never, I've never even been close to a shooting in my life, other than like when I go to the shooting range. Um, but I think the natural human reaction is to just run, to get the heck out of there. There, there were heroes in this city yesterday, and some of them wore uniforms and some of them did not. There, there were people, and I think you referenced this earlier, 
um, there were people who saw danger and ran at it and tackled it and stopped it and waited and held these people until the police arrived. And as awful as this day was yesterday, again, in what I consider the greatest city in America, um, there were heroes among us yesterday. The evil descended on my city yesterday. Evil came here, but so did angels. And man, they showed up in droves. Before before I let you go, Scott, a question about the politics of it all, because when these things happen, it leads to people like we've already seen uh, members of Congress do. We're already seeing the Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas engage the conversation of gun violence, and there's a gun violence challenge uh, as it relates to major uh, events. It leads to people with uh, uh, engaging, you call them levels of attack on on the Second Amendment. Uh Aside from these kinds of statements about a gun violence challenge in this community and many others, that's the quote from the, the mayor, Quentin Lucas. Do you hear anybody getting political uh, in Missouri or in Kansas? Not yet. Um, I, I, I'm sure that's going to happen. Um, I, I will say this, if I may. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a gun owner, uh, a responsible one, which is to say that my gun is locked all the time and in a safe. Um, but we have a problem. And I'm, I'm, I'm done with the, well, we'll get to that later argument. Uh, we have a problem in this country. We have a problem in this city. Kansas City is, is, is an amazing and beautiful city. But we had a record number of homicides last year. Record. 200. 200 people in this city were murdered last year. And we have a problem. And sooner or later hopefully sooner rather than later, it would be my preference as a responsible gun owner and a believer in the Second Amendment that we have a come-to-Jesus meeting with ourselves. There's a problem, and nobody wants to solve it. Everybody just wants to keep saying, oh, we'll deal with it later, we'll, we'll get to it some other time. No, let's get to it now. And I would be let's one of the people... I would be one of the people as a Second Amendment uh, supporter and a owner of, of firearms uh, that our, our issue is, is not the Second Amendment or the very concept of the right to be able to defend oneself and the ones we love, but rather what is leading people down a road that says that on, in any confrontation, the answer is bang. The answer is do damage as opposed to finding other ways to deal with the thing. What are the points that are leading us to that place? But that's got is another conversation for another day. Scott Parks from 98.1 FM KMBZ in Kansas City. I do appreciate you taking the time. I'm happy to have that conversation with you further. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. David Cameron is the foreign minister of the U.K., and he wants the United States to move faster on supporting Ukraine. And seems to have made the argument that if you're not willing to give the money to Ukraine, you're an appeaser of Putin, just like those people who were appeasers of Hitler. Tony Katz. Tony Katz. Today, a reporter catches up with Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene in the halls of Congress 
to ask her about this, where she says she doesn't appreciate the name calling and... Actually, David Cameron says that you should vote through funding for Ukraine. What do you say to that? I think he tried to compare us to Hitler also. And if that's the kind of language he wants to use, I really have nothing to say to him. Well, he likened you to an appeaser to Hitler in not voting through funding for Ukraine. Are you an appeaser for Putin? I I think that um, I really don't care what David Cameron has to say. I think that's rude name calling. um, And I don't appreciate that type of language. And David Cameron needs to worry about his own country. And frankly, he can kiss my ass. But do you think Putin's the good guy in all this? And she walks into her office and slams the door in the dude's face. My only argument, Representative Green, is if if you're going to say somebody is name calling and then you tell somebody to uh, kiss your butt, that's a... that, that, that's a kind of mixed uh, message. That's all I'm saying. Other than that, I don't care what you say to David Cameron. It's fine by me. So the funding of Ukraine, is this because of the threat? What is the threat? Or was this nothing more than a play to get the funding? That's up next. I'm Tony Katz.